I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Accepted the, the podcast. podcast, and I'm not Theo today, and I am not Juliet ever, 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 That's ever. Right. <laughs> Much to your chagrin, um, not everyone can be me, and it's to everyone's benefit, actually. So, uh, <laughs> let's see what's shaking bacon, Theo. Oh, really? You want me to think? I've been on vacation for so long. I have. Oh forgotten. my god! You were on vacation for like three weeks oh. in, in Hawaii. In Hawaii, and I will. I'm I mean, so jealous. It was a week of vacation and then a week of work. But yeah, it was a week of work in Hawaii. So yeah. Uh-uh. But I was still working. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, and I've been back to reality for oh. a week now, week and a couple of days. And yeah. I'm gonna say, don't like reality. Um, oh, I know it's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, so it was great. It was very relaxing. I learned how to make Lilacoy butter, and oh. I'm very excited by that because it actually comes out okay. Passion fruit. It is. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's like a sauce made out of passion fruit pulp. Oh, yum! But now it's starting not sound good, right? Where do you get passion fruits? Well, in Hawaii, it grows like weeds, <laughs> apparently. Oh, man. And I couldn't find any. And in the grocery store, it was like never available. But um, I did find some frozen, and it came in a jar, kind of jar, not a jar. It came in the container about the size of an oatmeal, like Quaker instant oatmeal, yeah. the round tube thing. So a big, yeah. big tub. Is that in, in Austin you found it or in Hawaii? In Hawaii. I found it in Hawaii. Okay. Uh, okay. And they only wanted $52 for that <gasps> tub of oatmeal that was actually really passion fruit pulp frozen. Oh, my God. And I was like, I am not spending $52 on this. Hell no. So um, anyway, I did find some hooray. And it's very expensive for something that supposedly grows like weeds. Uh, wow. It was like two bucks a fruit. Um, and they're maybe the size of a wow. small orange. Okay. Anywhere from like. A big fat grape juice. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares if it's a size? It's a big fat grape juice. Who fucking cares? So, um, anyway, uh, I made it, and I'm very excited, and now I've come home, and I have made it, and made it, and made it, and I have, like, four jars of it now, and that's enough say, to last me a year. Did you bring it with you, the passion fruit? You brought the passion fruit home with you? No, um, you can get passion oh, okay. fruit uh, through Amazon.com. I don't know if you've heard of it, but oh, it's this online thing that sells that. you stuff. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I was actually really surprised and impressed. So uh, that has been my it has been my everything since I've come back. Just making passion fruit um, <laughs> butter, butter or Lilacoy butter. Um, it is amazing. I will make you some, and I will get it to you. It doesn't last terribly long, so I'm kind of like. I ship her passion fruit butter. It'll be poisonous by the time it gets to you. 
Man, so. I'm so jealous you went to the Hawaii. I've actually put in, actually, I, I have actually literally put in a request to the universe to send me $5,000 so I can go to Hawaii for a week. Um, and so far, I'm not getting that $5,000. Uh, I bet I'm it's on its to, way. I just know it. It's on its way. It's just taking a little while longer than I expected. That is, listen, listen, sure. Listen, if you're going to manifest anything, it may as well yeah. be money. Well, yeah. Well, you can get anything you want with money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm glad you had a good vacation. I that sounds did. awesome. And how about you? What's shaking bacon? Because I'm not the only one who was on vacation. I went to the North Carolina coast. So I went to the Outer Banks. I rented a house on the beach, like directly on the beach, on the dunes um, in Avon, North Carolina, which is just north of, of the Hatteras Lighthouse for a week and went with my cousin Heather and her two lovely children and my husband. And my husband is not into the beach, so he mainly stayed in the house doing computer stuff like he does at home, except uh, at the except in shorts. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, Heather and I sort of hung out with the kids and went to the beach and did uh, little touristy stuff and went shopping and various stuff like that. So you know, it was nice to be on the beach. It was beautiful. It was really the water was nice and warm and. I mean, not too warm, but pleasantly warm, and the beach was gorgeous, and I had a good time getting up. I would get up before everybody in the morning and just sit on the top of the deck and have a cup of coffee and look at the water, and that was really pleasant. Oh. So that, that was worth it. Um, and then in, in other bacon, um, I have joined a gym. I am totally terrified. I have not been in a gym in I don't even know how many years it's been since I've been to a gym. But I, I picked this gym because they have gentle yoga and like water aerobics, like which is aerobics for old people, which I'm now an old person, so I can totally go to water aerobics for old people. I did not feel out 20s. of place. I went in my 20s and I totally felt out of place because uh -huh. I was like the youngest person there by 40 years. And uh, now I can totally feel like I'm part of the team. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Uh, and then maybe if I get into some shape, eventually I can start going to regular classes, like regular swimming classes or regular yoga classes. And, um, I'll keep my fingers crossed that that might happen. And then my other bacon is that I'm going to see Tori Amos this coming week. I forgot I was going to ask. I know that's the 28th. Yeah. I, I am so jealous. I, I think it'll be fun. As long as I get myself to go, I think I'll have a good time. So Brent doesn't want to go, so I'm going by myself, which is fine. I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm fine. Really, I'm fine. Then I'm going by myself. You, you, If you're going to go to any show alone, a Tori yeah. Amos concert is the one to go to. Because okay. everybody is very mellow. Everybody's cool. really high for the most <laughs> part, I bet. Um <laughs> And you can get up and leave if you're like, you know what? This is great, but I've had enough. Not for me. Right? I can go. No problem. That's um, cool. It, have you been? You, it sounds like you've been to one. Oh, gosh. I have been to three or four Tori Amos oh, concerts wow. um, on purpose. Because <laughs> where I'm the one that's like, oh, let's go. I dragged nice. James to one uh, in Dallas and he fell asleep. So this goes to yeah. show you just how mellow this how it is, it is, right? Because he yeah. fell asleep. Um, and the show did last for three hours. So I'm like, That's cool. yeah, uh, I can understand why he fell asleep. I was, I loved it. And it went by like 15 yeah. minutes. Wow. It was torture for him. He hated every second of it. Oh. I know. He what doesn't have music musical does he taste. Like? What does he like? The shitty kind. Like, like what? Like, um... New Wave. Oh, that's cool. New Wave from... A oh, no. Hazel, <laughs> Hazel O'Connor? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, um, 
oh, okay. Oh, he might have it's okay taste. Uh, no. And then um, <laughs> uh, the 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 pinnacle of taste is ABBA. Uh-huh. Right. Of course, right. everyone agrees to that. Yes. And so, uh, so from ABBA, it just goes downhill. In my highly educated and very important opinion, <laughs> bad music that's terrible. Now it's all the. <laughs> Um, it's not Bauhaus. Um, it's not Dead Can Dance, but it's all that bullshit. Oh, the four eighty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a, okay. Boy. Oh, that's cool. Didn't like it I'm then. Done with that. Like it less now. <laughs> all right. Cool. So uh, on that note, let's, <laughs> let's talk, talk about, about something else. <laughs> let's talk about something else old. Um, the Colosseum in Rome. It is considered one of the seven wonders of the modern world, of course, and is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. About three years ago, there was an increase in vandalism, which caused lawmakers to increase the penalties for vandalism of Italy's cultural heritage, which leads us to today's podcast topic. So, a 27-year-old dude was captured on video last month carving Ivan and Haley 23 into a brick wall of the Colosseum. So, the brick that brick that was defaced was actually not part of the original Colosseum. It was part of a wall that was built during a restoration in the 18, like the 1850s. Um, the Colosseum, of course, is from the first century AD. But the Colosseum authorities were just as pissed off as if it had happened to the, uh, the ancient Colosseum itself and said it didn't change the fact that it was vandalism, which is true. It doesn't change the fact that it was vandalism. So as we were talking about before the podcast, the interesting thing is that um, did, not only did the authorities use photographs to identify the dude who turned out to be, surprise, a tourist, um, but uh, Ivan Dimitrov, 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 I don't know how to pronounce his last name, uh, he was a Bul- he's, is a Bulgarian fitness instructor living in Britain, and he was identified by Italian military police because they cross-checked the names that were carved into the wall against registered guests in Rome and found their Airbnb and then found their identity or the other way around. So they were able to... um, So when you go, we were also talking about this, when you go to Italy and you stay uh, in a hotel or or I guess an Airbnb, they have to register you with the state. So they take your passport. And I guess when I was last there, which was a a million years ago, they used to keep your passport until you left, but now they give it back to you within like 24 hours. Um, But that's how they know who's staying there uh, in in the country and where they're staying. And that's how they track down these two people, which I thought was really interesting. Super interesting. So don't commit any crimes in Italy. Or if you do commit crimes in Italy that can be attached to your name, make sure you have a very common name like John. Right. 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 Because what sucks for this poor guy, not poor guy, um, but what sucks for him is how many Ivans and Haley's are running around together? (sighs) Right. Not that many. Not that many, but they were pretty easy to find. I wonder if they have like an Excel spreadsheet of everybody staying in all the hotels or how they how they how they do that. What what, what database do they use anyway? Uh, that's another question for another time. Um, Italy's ANSA news agency reported that the penalties for this sort of damage could include up to five years in prison and or a fine of more than $16,000. And Ivan Dimitrov's lawyer, uh, whose name is Alexandro Maria Torelli, and who I'm not sure is entirely on Ivan's side, is working on a plea bargain. And the reason I say I'm not entirely sure he's on his client's side is that he's been trying to defend Dimitrov by characterizing him as an ignorant tourist. And he said... 
The boy is the prototype of the foreigner who frivolously believes that anything is allowed in Italy, even the type of act which in their own countries would be severely punished. The lawyer went on to say that Mr. Dimitrov's apology was an attempt to make clear that he had pulled what he thought was a harmless stunt, which leads me to ask, is ignorance of the law a defense in Italy? What, what, or is that the best he can do for a defense, is to say that he just thought it was, you know, he thought it was going to be no big deal? Um, because they've got the guy on video, and they've got, like, you know, they've tracked down who he is based on the names that he carved into the wall, so it's almost impossible for this guy to defend him. Uh, is there nothing better that they could... They, the no better defense he could have come up with. It's the get sympathy uh, maneuver, right? I see. And it's the only option. He, the guy is clearly guilty. He is totally yeah. guilty. Um, he has confessed, but his confession doesn't matter because he's on video. He's right there. He's yeah. doing it. Um, yeah, so the only thing you can do is just build up a story that might... It's not going to tug at anybody's heart, but, yeah. and I'm thinking like an Italian judge, um, mm -hmm. but it, uh, it's the only option he's got. Make him feel sorry. That makes sense. Um, and unfortunately, the story, which went viral on social media, unfortunately, like I said, seems to have started something of a trend. So last Friday, a 17-year-old girl from Switzerland was spotted apparently carving her initials into a wall of the building. And the very next day, a 17-year-old student from Germany was caught doing something similar. So um, I guess they've caught them both and are going to take them to, to trial too, um, I hope. But I, I hope this doesn't become more of a trend. Yes, you're well, gonna say. I, I, it's just how are people this stupid? Yeah. The guy carved his name and he got in trouble. Now I'm gonna right. go out and carve my name and get in trouble. But right. at the pursuit of fame, I guess. Right. And and talk about being stupid. We'll talk about this more in the, the apology itself, but one of the defenses that the guy came up with for himself was that he didn't know the Coliseum was old. And, Why were you even there? And, well, hi, you're on a tour, so right. they told you. Right. 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 Maybe you weren't listening. Who knows, right? But I'm going to say when I heard that initially, I was like, the biggest piece of bullshit. And yep. then when I was doing some research for today's topic, um, you get into the college, get into the Coliseum, you get into the subject <laughs> of the Coliseum. It's all engineering. And it, it doesn't matter yeah. if you start off with a story about gladiators. It's all about engineering, right? right. And, and nothing bores me more than engineering. And <laughs> so I've listened to a lot of shows that were all about engineers talking about the engineering as if everybody knew <laughs> how things were structured and built. And I was like, I'm, I'm a nerd. But I'm not as big a nerd as you guys, you engineers guys are, right? Maybe this guy just isn't as big a nerd as we are. Yeah. To us, it's obvious the Coliseum is old. But right. I don't want to stereotype people, but he's a fitness instructor. Right. I just stereotype people. I'm so sorry, all of our sexy <laughs> fitness instructors, but I'm sure you're all smart because you're listening to us. But. Yeah, so maybe he didn't know it was too, but it doesn't matter. You should do but shit like that anyway. But why would he be there if he didn't know it was old? I mean, what possible reason would you have for going to the Coliseum? Because his realize... boring girlfriend Haley drags him around to true. all the old stuff, and he hates it so yeah. much. Can't we but just go lift weights? Stuff, she knew it was old. So. He knew, yeah. Even then, he knew it was old. Um, 
So that's what I have for the story. How about you? Anything additional to add? I do. Um, let's talk about Ooh. cement, shall we? Oh, exciting. Yes, I know, right? Because it's an endlessly fascinating topic. But part of the reason why the Colosseum is still standing is because of Roman cement. Uh, hmm. So we'll just start off with that. Do you know anything about Roman cement? Um, I might have it one time, but I no longer do. going to say no shame if you don't, because me either. Um, so for the longest while, meaning up until 2023, nobody was 100,000% sure of exactly why and how Roman cement works the way that it does. So it's not quite indestructible, but it lasts a real, real, real long time. Mm-hmm. You know, um, still standing. And uh, so, so let's just dive into it. Uh, chemists at Harvard and MIT have unlocked the secret to the um, to the long stand, like what makes Roman cement indestructible. I hesitate to use that word, but there we go. Um, so it has been previously assumed that the strength of Roman concrete came primarily from Pozzolana. Sure. Which is okay. a volcanic ash from the area of Pozzuoli. Have you heard sure. of this place? In the Bay of Naples. No. So, okay. okay, so volcanic ash, um, and specifically volcanic ash from the Bay of Naples. Um, and it's known to have been used in the construction of um, buildings across the Roman Empire. Uh, however, in this latest study, uh, researchers focused on a different component, small white inclusions referred to as lime cast, which are found throughout Roman concrete. So little mm. bits of balls and chunks of stuff, small chunks, right? Um, In the past, these features, which originate from lime, another of the key ingredients of Roman concrete, have been dismissed as the result of poor mixing practices or low-quality raw materials. But the question is, if Romans put so much effort into perfecting detailed recipes and shipping the best material hundreds of miles to create the ideal concrete, why would they put so little care into the manufacturing of the final concrete product? Well... This gets kind of boring, but we're going to skip all the boring bits. So basically, these chunks, um, these imperfections, may in fact have been a deliberate feature, one that contributed to the concrete's vital self-healing capability. So when cracks form in the material due to environmental stresses, um, the cracks pass through the lime clast, these chunks, right? And those chunks split open, and when water enters the cracks, it dissolves the lime chunks, and they provide a calcium-rich solution that recrystallizes as calcium carbonate, affecting gluing the crack back together. So, I know. Actually, it turned out to be kind of interesting. It's the only interesting uh, engineering thing that I've got. All right, cool. Mm -hmm. So, the Colosseum... um, Where does it come from and why? The Colosseum was built as a reaction to the reign of Nero. Um, Nero was known for his extravagance. He had confiscated a bunch of land around Rome and had built a huge private pleasure palace and lake that was his home. Um, He was eventually driven from the throne and died by suicide, and Rome fell into a year-long civil war before Vespasian... Flavius, these names, mm-hmm. assumed controls emperor in 69 CE. And 
Vespasian. Okay, cool. We're just going to stick with Vespasian. So in 70 CE, one year later, he had Nero's pleasure palace buried, and he built on top of it the opposite of a private pleasure palace. He built a public building for all Romans to celebrate the glory of Rome. Rome was a war machine and existed largely because of what it took from other civilizations. Uh, the Colosseum was built by money obtained from the conquering of Judea in 70 CE by Titus, who was a son of the Emperor Vespasian, whose name I will mispronounce several different ways. <laughs> uh, the Colosseum was the largest and most expensive building in Rome, uh, standing at 160 feet high, which is about 15 stories, and it could seat 50,000 people. It had 28 elevators um, built in to the floor of the um, Colosseum to lift wild animals up into the ring. So, yes, it's a lot of wild animals. Mm -hmm. The Colosseum owes its oval shape to its purpose, blood sports. Most buildings in Rome are rectangular, but the Colosseum is oval, thereby providing no corners for somebody to get stuck in right? Mm -hmm. So no corners means you can't corner your opponent, and this prolongs the fight. Wow. Uh, Bloodthirsty. Pardon? Bloodthirsty. Bloodthirsty, and also we want to see every cut. It's got to last a long time. I paid Mm. 10 cents to see this guy get murdered, and I'm going (laughs) to enjoy every minute of it. The Colosseum opened in 80, uh, 80 CE, and Vespasian had died a few months before the opening, and his son, uh, before the opening, Titus becomes emperor, who's the son of Vespasian, and uh, he dedicates the first games to his father's memory. So, those games, the celebration, the grand opening of the Colosseum, was 100 days of crucifixions, wild beast shows, and Greek myths that were acted out with prisoners. Wow. And so in the theater, when you have a Greek tragedy that is performed, the death is pretend. They would use uh, condemned criminals oh, as no. uh-huh, as actors in these things. And so like uh, you can imagine the myth of Icarus flying mm-hmm. too close to the sun. This is actually a thing mm-hmm. that happened. It's written by, uh, by a historian or chronicler of the time. Um, so they basically dressed a prisoner up slapped some wings on his back and threw him into the center of the ring from the top. And he went flying to crash to his death. Yep. Oh my God. So great. Um, After that, after those hundred days, the normal daily schedule basically ran something like this. In the morning, there were wild beast shows in the afternoon crucifixions and in the evening gladiators. Um, There's a lot about gladiatorial fighting. We'll not get into it at all, Mm -hmm. but we will just say uh, the Romans brought theater to death and death to theater. Um, So that's basically it for the Colosseum. There were lots of things that happened, but I'm not going to talk about them. Like they've flooded the Colosseum once, probably more often than once, actually. Yep. And that's a thing that happened. And that's um, cool. A thousand people died in that one Jesus, battle cool. from drowning. And okay, great. Um, the, yeah, so like um, the fighting was such that they estimate in, in 400 years of use, a million people died in the Coliseum. Damn. Oh my God. Where did they get all these people from? 
the, That's horrible. The empire. The conquered, conquered countries. Just brought Jeez. them in. Yep. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see. And so, and then we do know from records that about 11,000 animals a season were brought in for wow. battles and and hunting in the ring, right? Uh, man versus beast kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Okay. And so that got me thinking, all right, well, this guy carved his name and his girlfriend's name into the Colosseum. So what about, and that's a very human thing to do, leave a mark somewhere. Mm-hmm. So what about other famous ancient graffiti slash other tourists that have graffitied things? So just a hodgepodge. Let's look at tourists who have graffitied things. A Chinese teen visiting Egypt prompted outrage when he wrote his name on the wall of a 3,500-year-old Luxor temple in 2013. Parents of the 15-year-old Chinese tourist have apologized after the teenager defaced a stone sculpture in ancient Egypt. Um, the act drew uh, ire in Egypt and China, generating a massive online backlash amongst Chinese unforgiving netizens. The oh. vandal carved... Ding Jinhao was here in Chinese in the 3,500-year-old Luxor Temple. Wow. Now, admittedly, because he's coming from China, where they have uh, a culture that goes back well beyond, right? I don't know mm-hmm. that it goes back 10,000 years, but I know they've got buildings that that are 5,000 years and older. So maybe he just wasn't that impressed with a 3,500-year-old building. Mm-hmm. Um One tourist commented, one Chinese tourist commented, the saddest moment in Egypt, I'm so embarrassed, I want to hide myself. I said to our Egyptian tour guide, I'm really sorry. Um, But he was not the first traveler to commit such an offense. There's a long tradition of leaving, I was here, graffiti, while visiting Egyptian ruins. One team of researchers um, recently uncovered over a thousand inscriptions inside the tomb of Pharaoh Ramses VI in the Valley of the Kings many of which were from Romans who visited the site <laughs> 2,000 years ago. Their ancient declarations include familiar complaints, um, such as, I visited and I did not like anything except for the sarcophagus, and I cannot read the hieroglyphics, or the hieroglyphs. Um, so some actual Roman uh, graffiti. Graffiti. Right? Yeah. Uh, wow. I'm Funny. I'm real excited for this one. So it's coming from Pompeii, and I'm sure I'm going to say everybody's the nerd at the same nerd level I am. So we all mm-hmm. know about the erotic graffiti in Pompeii. Right, right. right. It's not that. Um, okay, so Pompeii has uh, dominated the study of ancient graffiti, and that's largely because the graffiti was preserved by the, uh, the explosion of Vesuvius. Uh, let's see here. And one piece of graffiti which was under observation, is under observation, what the fuck does that mean, Um, is a, what would we call it, a back and forth between two romantic rivals. Uh So uh, in Latin, uh, somebody wrote, Successus, a weaver, loves the innkeeper slave girl named Iris. She, however, does not love him. Still, he begs her to have pity on him. His rival wrote this. Goodbye. (laughs) Okay. And so then successes comes along and says, 
Envious one, why do you get in the way? Submit to a handsomer man and one who is being treated very wrongly and good looking. Hmm. And then our friend comes back and says, I have spoken. I have written all there is to say. You love Iris, but she does not love you. You can imagine the wow. same sort of thing playing out today. Um, and then we've got some more. It's, again, very random. You do speak Latin. Um you can help me with my pronunciation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, straight out of Pompeii, Philiros, P H I L I R O S, Philiros, Philiros, Spado, 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 Philiros is a eunuch. <laughs> Lucius Pinnixt. Lucius wrote this. Apollinarius, Medicus, TD. Emperor, oh God, I can hear Brent just beating his head on this. Um, <laughs> you as well, but you're more forgiving. Um, Imperatus hic cavate bene, right? Apollinaris, doctor to the Emperor Titus, had a good crap here. In Latin, oh. the profanity cacante um, pertained <laughs> to defecation. Funny. Um, I'm not going to ca- carry on with the Latin because I don't speak it. Um, Opius, hmm. you're a clown, a thief, and a cheap crook. Um, we have a wet bed. I admit, we were wrong, my host. If you ask why, there was no chamber pot. <laughs> okay, yep. And sure, all that rings like real uh, witty in Latin. Um, Virgula to Tetris, you are a nasty boy. <laughs> Epaphara, you are bald. It was an insult even then. If only similar swindling would dupe you, innkeeper, you sell water and drink the undiluted wine yourself. Hmm. The petty thieves request the election of Vesha As Adelaide. Um, so in ancient Pompeii, an Adelaide was an elected official who supervised markets and local police, among other things. Who cares? That's not even a fun graffiti piece. Um, Caladius makes the girls moan. <laughs> Is that a person or a commercial for a product? I don't know. Um, I wonder, oh, wall, that you have not yet collapsed. So many writers' cliches do you bear. This phrase seems to have been a popular one as slightly different versions of it appear in multiple locations throughout Pompeii. That is what I've got. I, on purpose, avoided all of the super fun erotic stuff because there's so much of it. Wow. And that's not this show. We're tasteful. That's right. We're very classy. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. And so that leaves us the apology. Right. So good old Ivan, our uh, our hero or anti-hero, um, it, it wrote a letter recently to the city of Rome's prosecutor and mayor um, saying that he was now, uh, uh, he now knew how serious his actions were. He praised those who, quote, guard the inestimable historical and artistic value of the Colosseum with dedication, care, and sacrifice and then said, it is with deep embarrassment that only after what regrettably happened did I learn of the antiquity of the monument. So I had no idea why I was here, what I was looking at, what I was doing, um, even who I am, possibly. Uh, I just was uh, going along with my girlfriend for a, for a good time and happened to carve my name and her name into, into a wall, a random wall that I thought was probably Bill Yesterday. Um, He said, by damaging the Colosseum, I acted with frivolousness, flippancy, and incivility to the detriment of other visitors. 
I have no excuses. He acknowledged the seriousness of the deed I committed and offered his heartfelt and sincere apologies to Italians and the entire world for the damage done to a monument which is, in fact, heritage of all humanity, and he offered to sincerely and concretely right his wrong and redeem himself. I am also aware that similar conduct in my country would have resulted in, a much, more seri in much more serious consequences. For this reason, I accept all responsibility and will make sincere and concrete efforts, I think I said that part already, to redeem myself and make up for the mistakes that I have made. So, um, Italy in general did not respond very positively to that letter. Um, uh, a popular online website called Dago Spia suggested that the letter only made things worse um, he, and, and asked if he thought that the Colosseum was a fast food restaurant. So, uh, generally speaking, Italy was not impressed. Um, I looked at the apology from uh, our usual standpoint of our, our points of, of note. Uh, was there an expression of regret? Yes. Was there an explanation of what went wrong? Yes, but his explanation was that he didn't know it was old. So is that right. believable? Mm, if you're at the Coliseum, I think you know that it's old, no matter who you are. Um, acknowledgement of responsibility? Yes. Declaration of repentance? Yes. Offer of repair? Sort of. He said he would make sincere and concrete efforts to redeem himself, but he didn't say what those were. I mean, is he going to go back and volunteer to clean up the Coliseum? Uh, he didn't say. And request for forgiveness, not that I saw, but I didn't see the entire letter, so I could be wrong. Um, I give this apology overall seven and a half points, and I took points off for believability and sincerity, because I, I don't believe... It would have been a good apology if I believed that he wrote it and he, he deeply meant it, but I think that his lawyer probably wrote it, and the guy doesn't give a shit about what he did, so... Yeah, how That's, interesting, because this is the one time that we are very far apart. Ooh. Yes, and uh, and we are far apart because I am not able to take out what I don't believe from this guy. Yeah, Right. Yeah. And so I gave it a three, um, wow. and it was largely because I don't believe a single word of it. Um, yeah. I, regardless of what you know factually about the Coliseum, it doesn't matter yeah. that it was the Coliseum. What if you're in an alley walking down the road and you just right. stop and carve your name in this Italian town? You know, do that Do that in your own home. Yeah, or, or don't do it at all. Yeah, but you are right in that it hits many of the marks. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to revise and I'm mm -hmm. going to go up. To a seven point five, no, to a five. <laughs> to a five. <laughs> I'm okay, going to give it exactly fair. what you did, because because <laughs> you are right in that it does hit the apology does hit many of the markers that are required, um, and I just had a hard time separating my disbelief from my judgment. Yeah. So that's an average of 6.25, I think, if my math is right, which I'm sure it's it not. It always is. Um, so that's that's not bad. That's not the worst apology we've ever seen by far. It's it's also not, not the best. Um, I think he definitely could have done better. Uh, so for let's move on to apology expected or who's sorry now. Um, I do have one this week, and I'll tell you what it is. Um, what is it? The father of Indianapolis cult safety, which is apparently a sports thing, Rodney Thomas II, I think that's the 
that's the safety's name, Rodney Thomas II, and the father was Rodney Thomas, and Rodney Thomas was recently indicted by a Pittsburgh federal grand jury in violation of the Bald and Golden Eagle Protection Act for shooting to death a bald eagle. Theo, he shot America. <laughs> he surrendered himself to authorities shortly after blasting the bird to death May 12th with an air rifle in Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania. The eagle was so sad. The eagle was one of a pair that had nested in the neighborhood for decades, and the neighbors had named them Sam and Muppets. Oh, um, how cute so names. The, I know, and one of them is now, Sam is now dead, which is very sad, and poor Muppets has to struggle on alone. Um, Thomas was released on $10,000 bail and faces up to $5,000 in fines and a year behind bars. So I don't know what was possessing this guy uh, to shoot a bald eagle. Clearly it was a bald eagle. You can't really mistake a bald eagle for too much else. Um, and they, everyone in the area knew that the, these birds were here. They'd been there for decades. So I expect an apology from Rodney Thomas and from his son for being Rodney Thomas II. Um, so do you have a, a, a apology expected or who's sorry now this month, this month, this week? This, this month, month and this, this week month. and today <laughs> and this hour. Yes, I do. Um, mm-hmm. And so who's sorry now? It's me. I don't think I've done this one before. Um, and it's about just being an ugly tourist. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I usually try not to be. I usually try and pretend I'm European. And I usually get away with it, too. <laughs> right. But... Um, this one time, way back when, in the early 2000s, um, mm-hmm. my first trip to Paris, it was 2003, 4, uh, mm-hmm. the U.S. W- having an ugly moment with France in regards to, I can't remember what it was, something to do with war on terrorism, um, and Congress had renamed the cafeteria French fries as Freedom Fries. Freedom That's how fries. anti-France it was, right? Yeah. Um, Freedom Fries. And so I had taken six weeks of French and mm-hmm. community college in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And I liked the language. And so I was very excited to trot out my Je voudrais un hamburger, right, yeah. at a restaurant. Um, and so that's what I did. I ordered a hamburger. And the guy looked at me like I had thrown up oh, on no. his shoes, right? Oh, no. He had no idea what. It- James speaks French, by the way. Right, and this yeah, was a like yeah. romantic weekend in Paris. It was great. I love uh, love Paris. Paris is amazing, and the mm. only way to see Paris is to see Paris when you are madly first in love. Because yes. everything's golden and beautiful. Mm-hmm. So great, except for this one waiter who was um, mm. not having it with my French <laughs> accent, and was like, eh, eh, eh. And so then I switched to English, and I was like, just a hamburger, and like, eh, 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 eh. And oh, so God. you know, then I pointed and then he pretended yeah. that he couldn't see where i was pointing out on the menu yeah. and it's like look frenchy so he closed the menu i was like i want a hamburger and some freedom fries <laughs> and i would like to apologize oh, to funny. that waiter because um although you were a dick um i should have just gotten into the charm of having a parisian be rude and playful with a tourist um so oh. could i could have held back on the americanness um, that's not so bad, though. It's not that bad, but um, it's the only thing. That came, it's the only time I've been rude as a tourist. Yeah, it's totally it really? not true. It's the only, it's the only thing I can say. remember at the time. <laughs> oh God, no! Are you kidding? That's rude as a tourist, please. I, rude, constantly rude. Oh, I can't even. <laughs> Every minute, on purpose. 
So thank you for your apology. Ex- <laughs> thank you for your heroism. For your rudeness, for your heroism, your freedom fries. Um, I think that's all we have this week, unless there's anything else you'd like to add, Theo. I usually I'd have a ton of stuff, but no, I am I like I said, vacation brain. Absolutely, same here. Uh, so everyone don't trip potato chips and uh, what's the other one? See you later, alligator. No, that's not it. No, it, I don't remember what it is. For a while, crocodile. Um, <laughs> skip to the loo, my darling. Smell you later. Um, bye bye, don't cry. Oh, <laughs> stay cool, cucumbers. Stay cool, cucumbers. And we'll see you next week, I think. Bye. Uh, take <laughs> we care. Will. Have a bye, good everyone. Bye. listening to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>